0: Welcome to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host for this podcast. Food, we love it. Some of our fondest memories are of sharing meals with friends and families. And more than just the memories, we need proteins and nutrients every day to keep us moving, healing, and living. So when we no longer have the strength of the ability to cook or go grocery shopping, it's a really big deal. And finding the time to prepare meals for loved ones is often cited as a big stressor for caregivers. So today on our show, we've invited Tabitha Ghani, Manager of Client Services for Interfaith Ministries Meals on Wheels program. She will share with us how Meals on Wheels works, why it's so important to get people hot meals, and how the program helps caregivers take care of their loved ones. Coming up on Prepare to Care. Tabita, um, tabitha. I'm, I'm learning your name, <laughs> Um Welcome to the program. Thank you. All right, so you work for Meals on Wheels, which is like one of my all-time absolute favorite um, organizations. Um, it's very close to my heart. My my grandparents at the end of their lives, uh, they lived in France, but they depended very much on hot meals being delivered to them. Wow. And um, and so I've uh, I, I've seen firsthand how important such a program is. So tell us a little bit. Meals on Wheels has been in Houston for how long?
1: So Decades decades. We've been in Houston for at least 40 years.
0: Okay, and and 40 years on Meals on Wheels. um, How many people approximately are, are, you know, benefiting
1: from Meals on Wheels right now? Oh, we have over 4,000 seniors in both Harris County and Galveston County.
0: So 4,000 seniors getting, when people go to Meals on Wheels, they get three meals a day, two meals a day? How does it work?
1: They get one hot lunch meal a day.
0: Okay, and um, so tell us a little bit about it. I mean, I remember my grandparents, they would get a hot lunch and then sometimes there would be enough for them for dinner or part of dinner. Um, you know, how, how does it work for your clients?
1: Sure, well, for our clients, um, they get one hot meal, a lunch meal every day delivered by a driver. Um, the meal is one third of the daily nutritional intake. It has meat, bread, vegetables, all of the sides. Um, and it's specifically towards the diet for seniors for our seniors that require special meals maybe they need something that's soft or a vegetarian option or a non-pork option we also offer those options as well Um, in order to qualify for the meals on wheels program you have to be over the age of 60 you have to reside in harris or galveston county Um, and you have to be homebound meaning it's you are not working, you're, it's not easy for you to get around, go to the grocery store and prepare your own meals.
0: So how, how is that determined? People apply or is there like a, like a verification process or <laughs> is it on the honor system? How does it
1: work? Absolutely, so we've got a lot of people that call our offices every day. It's um, the clients themselves, the prospective clients, it's family members, it's neighbors, it's social workers that'll call and ask that the senior be added to our wait list. We currently have a waitlist of about 300 seniors, which sounds like a lot, but it's actually not that much. Um, it's usually from the time that someone starts get, that gets on our waitlist. It takes about a month to start delivering to them. Once um, someone gets on the waitlist, an assessor goes out, visits them in home, does a small assessment, just figuring out, you know, is it. Um, looking at their activities of daily living. How challenging is it for them to move around? Is it difficult for them to get in and out of a chair? Those sorts of questions help us to determine homebound status.
0: Okay, so these are really folks who, um, maybe they're able to make it to the kitchen, but they're not able to go to the grocery store by or, themselves. Yeah, or
1: maybe it's hard for them to stand for long periods of time. Okay. Even to cook your own meal, you've gotta be able to stand up in the kitchen five, six minutes minimum, even just to make eggs.
0: Okay, and then um, I, I remember uh, back around December, I, I volunteered for Meals on Wheels. We made calls to seniors. And then I remember there was this lady who told me she lived on the second floor because as a result of Harvey, um, she, she could not go downstairs anymore. And she had like this little basket and the, the person would put the meals in the basket, and they would just lift it up to her. So I'm getting, like, things get really personal with your seniors, right? And the drivers that tend to them.
1: Oh, absolutely. At the Meals on Wheels program, it's, uh, at the Interfaith Ministries Meals on Wheels, I should say, we really focus on achieving what we call the gold standard. And it's having a driver visit a senior every single day when they deliver the meals. It's spending a couple of minutes with the senior just chatting, saying, hi, how are you? We found that our drivers and our seniors really start to connect. It gets to the point where if the senior doesn't see the same driver for a couple of days, we're getting phone calls asking if the driver is okay. We get calls on days when it's really rainy with seniors saying, don't worry about it, you don't have to deliver my meal today, it's dangerous outside. Um, They really form a good connection and that connection also helps us to assist seniors even more than just the meal. So if we find out if the senior has fallen, a lot of times if a senior has gotten hurt or if there are new bruises, because we see them every single day, we're the first people to notice that.
0: So are there a lot of people in, in Houston who are very isolated, seniors
1: who live like on their own? Are, are people trying to stay in the house longer and that's why oh, they're isolated? Absolutely, we have a lot of senior social isolation. And one of the challenges is that it's something that's not spoken about a lot. But senior social isolation is more dangerous than obesity. It's worse than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And so many people experience it.
0: So how how does that happen? Is it because they they prefer staying in the house as opposed to go to a retirement Uh, home? A lot
1: of people are very attached to the communities that they have lived in for the last 30 or so years. Uh, Nursing homes may be nice, but they are often unaffordable for Mm -hmm. many. Um, people prefer to age in place, and to be honest, aging in place is something that um, is something that's good for the community. The whole community benefits when the seniors are able to age in place.
0: Um, in your in your view, like how how do people get started with Meals on Wheels? You say uh, friends call family social workers. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think it's mostly people from the outside trying to help the person, or or do you get calls from seniors who themselves realize maybe that would be something good for me?
1: To be honest, it's a healthy mix of both. Okay, as when people find out about the program, if they feel like they could benefit from us, they give us a call. We get calls from people in New York that their mom is in Houston and needs a little bit of assistance. could we help them? And we get calls from everywhere.
0: So let's say somebody is in New York or you know, or in, or in another country sometimes and, and mom dad are here, they think they need help, the, the family can literally call you and then initiate the, the, the intake
1: process? Absolutely, they can get the senior on the wait list. But well, we, um, what happens after is that one of our assessors will call the senior and verify that the senior is in fact interested in the program before okay. they go out and do the in home assessment.
0: Do you get some no's sometimes?
1: Yes, we absolutely get like, some Why? No's. Why would that be? Um, some people aren't aware that they got signed up for the Meals on Wheels program. Some people um, feel that they don't need it. We have clients that um, feel that. There's limited funds, and other people need it so much more than they do, and so they, they want to be generous and give their spot to someone else.
0: What do you do then? What if what if you assess? Maybe that's not true. You know, we we've had that before yes. on this show where people <laughs> always think someone else, is more someone else is more deserving. Which is really you know lovely. I think it's in human nature. But do you sometimes make the assessment like, no, maybe you could benefit from our service?
1: So we like to. Phrase it differently. Um, what we do when a senior feels that someone else could benefit more or that maybe they don't need the meals, we try and say, you know, um, sure, maybe you don't need the lunch, but do you think maybe at dinner time when it's a little harder for you to cook or maybe just as a backup in case you can't cook that day and we always assure them that there's plenty of spots on the program, all of the people that need the meals will get them. We just we want to offer you this service too, just to make your life a little easier
0: okay so let's talk about the food food is important like where do you guys cook the food this is like thousands of meals every day right
1: <laughs> actually we don't cook the meals in house oh um, really okay we source them from somewhere else so we get we get shipments of the meals three times a day every day
0: three times a day
1: starting at about 5 a.m
0: starting at about 5 a.m meals come from like to central place mm-hmm. and then you got a whole bunch of drivers Okay, it must be a gigantic operation, right? Because you've got to sort, like, who is going to receive what? We
1: do, absolutely. We have a gigantic operation. We've got 75 staff drivers, and then we've got volunteer drivers as well. So we've got um, staff drivers that come in shifts to pick up their meals, and they pick up their meals, then they pick up the drinks, um, and then any sort of side items like fruit or, like, bananas, apples, um, ketchup, depending upon what the meal is. Um, they assemble their bags. So we've got drivers that come in three shifts. And then we ha- are fortunate to have a lot of people volunteering for our program, too. And we're able to take some of those meals off site to other locations and do a drop off and have uh, volunteers pick up meals from there.
0: Oh, so there could be like a, a church or, yes. I mean, I'm making things yeah. up, oh, right? A church or absolutely. an organization that says, give us like 200 and then we'll take care of, of our seniors yes. over there.
1: Definitely. I think humble area assistance ministries is a perfect example we take the meals to humble area assistance ministries they get their volunteers up there to come volunteer meet with the seniors drop off the meals and it's just a fantastic partnership
0: so there's really is a long chain of people who really care for a lot of other people in Absolutely. this particular operation yes okay um so let's talk a little bit about nutrition right um You say people get one hot meal a day. Like, why one hot meal? (laughs) Why?
1: (laughs) Well, the hot meal allows us to see the seniors every day, and that's part of our gold standard. It's being able to lay eyes on the senior and make sure they're okay every single day. Um, For I will say that for our seniors that are the most frail and the most socially isolated, we go above just the hot meal. We give them breakfast meals, and then we give them a two-pack of meals for them to eat on the weekend as well.
0: I see. So that's really for people who are entirely on their own entirely and totally on own. depend on
1: this. Yes, and we do so, have quite a few seniors like that. 25% of our seniors are on both the breakfast and weekend meals.
0: Wow. So they get breakfast, they get the weekend meal, they get the hot meal a day. What, what do they do for, like, dinner? Who, who do they depend on for that? They like give you hard stories? How do they get by?
1: To be honest, typically there's... There may be someone else that's looking in on them. They may save a portion of their breakfast or lunch meals, but they get by.
0: Yeah, I remember my grandparents, they, they, they kept a portion of lunch and that was dinner, but I think it's because they were not also, at the very end of their life, they were not as, as hungry right. either. And so. many of
1: our seniors start to lose their appetite.
0: Yeah, so is there like a, a dietitian who comes up with the, yes. with the what the meals look like? Is yes. there like a, what, what kind of thought is, is put into Absolutely.
1: this? Absolutely, we meet, quarterly with the dietitian who tells us what the meals are going we go through every single day what the meals will be and invariably there's always someone that says wait no we had potatoes twice this week we need to change it we try and make the meals as um, varied and tasty as possible
0: Okay, but that must be really hard, right? You probably have, I'm thinking, I I used to be, you know, managing uh, meals for students, Mm -hmm. right? And no one is ever happy with the food, right? (laughs) Because there's so many cultural differences when it comes to food, right? I mean, do you cook American food? Do you cook ethnic food? I mean, there's so much associated with that. How how, how do your seniors receive the, the, the food? Do you get complaint, like, you know, college dorms? Do you get, uh, you know,
1: what, what do you hear back from them? Yeah, so our seniors all have our phone number to call in and um, give feedback about the meals and things like that. So we, we actually do um, take into consideration the feedback that we get from the seniors, and we bring it to these quarterly meetings that I talked about. Um, invariably, there's someone that's going to say, "No, the tomatoes weren't right this month, or the beans were too hard." And then we'll get a call from another senior that the beans were too soft. We we certainly get the calls, um, but I would say it's it's not even from one percent of our population. Really, it's a very low number.
0: So really, what I'm hearing is a lot of gratitude for the food.
1: For the most part, or maybe as really people age, <laughs> they don't become as demanding as
0: when they were in college, right? Um. So, um, you know, as far as a a caregiver, because this podcast is about caregivers, um, you know, I I think a lot of caregivers might feel guilt. Like, I I should be the one feeding mom or dad. Uh, I should be the one taking care of this. You know, what would you say to caregivers who think that maybe this is helpful, but they're not sure? I think that
1: this program is a big help um, as as something that I've seen over the years, we we certainly have caregivers that may feel a little bit guilty about it, but there's no reason to. This is just to supplement, and often a caregiver has a lot more to do than just to make this meal. This is just helping the caregiver a little bit by taking care of one meal for the senior.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so I see your point. It's like, hey, you're doing already... They're doing
1: so many other things, right. and this is what we're trying to do to help
0: is there a sense from seniors too that if they get their meal they reheat it i mean they actually can take care of that part for themselves
1: so we actually before we go before we sign seniors up for the program we confirm that they have a working microwave and a working freezer oh I see um, so we do we do try and take care of uh, food safety as much as possible
0: so if they don't have a microwave or a freezer what do you do we provide it oh interesting okay
1: so for seniors without a microwave or one that's gone out we we do our best we get a lot of donations from the community and are able to help those seniors get microwaves um, because we want them to be able to keep these meals as safe as possible and if there is a like a holiday such as july 4th that falls in the middle of the week we might not be working that day so the that week, maybe the second or the third, they'll get a frozen meal to heat up on July 4th when we're not in operation. So we we need to make sure that all the seniors have a freezer and a microwave. Typically, seniors, I think over the last couple of years, we've had one or two freezers, but we've had maybe 20, 25 microwaves. Okay. So there's not that many people that don't have the, okay. the stuff
0: needed. But if somebody has an extra microwave, I guess you, you could always use one.
1: Happy to get that donation. Okay,
0: okay. So, uh, for all our listeners out there with the extra <laughs> microwaves, you, you you can use that. Um, I I had heard too because I, I did that work after um, you know around Christmas time that um, that you guys also help seniors um, in preparation for hurricanes. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Absolutely. So actually that event is coming up. It's just around the corner. Saturday, June 2nd is our annual Operation Impact event. We get volunteers that come and volunteer with us from all over the city. And they take seniors a five-pack of um, shelf-stable meals and a case of water, um, along with a bag of information about how to prepare for storms. So we have volunteers deliver those to seniors that in the case of a hurricane, Like Harvey that we just had, the seniors are able to eat that food if we're not able to deliver meals. And I will say that after Harvey last year, we had seniors telling us that that's how they made it through the storm. They ate those meals. So we know that it's important. Um, And we actually are still accepting sign-ups for that event. So if there's an individual or a group of volunteers that would love to come out and help us, we would be more than happy to give them some meals to deliver to our seniors.
0: So I think that's a very important point that you make. I think a lot of the, us who are able-bodied and connected, the, the hurricane's coming or something is coming, we have the means to go to the grocery store. I think what we can do maybe in our neighborhood, too, is, hey, don't forget, maybe you have a neighbor who can't go out, bring them an extra case of water.
1: Yes.
0: You know, I mean, that's like so very important, especially for seniors. So um, so on, on, the, on, on the more interesting note, uh, do you guys do stuff for the holidays? Like, like special little <laughs> meals? Like, you know, um, 4th of July, I don't know. Do you actually, get an extra yes. cookie?
1: <laughs> they get themed meals. Okay. Um, so there are themed meals around the holidays. Around Thanksgiving, we actually allow the seniors to get two meals so they can have a meal for themselves and a meal for a friend. And that's also done through a big volunteer distribution event um but they do have holiday themed meals and on their birthdays they get a birthday cookie
0: nice and i think i'm aware also there's also pet food
1: yes so for our seniors one thing that we noticed over the years was that our seniors were saving a portion of their meals for their pets. Um, their pets are often the only other creatures that see them every day and they mean so much to our seniors. So we started the animals program and now all of our seniors can get um, supplemental pet food for up to um, three cats and three dogs. Um, we've also started to expand our animals program recently so we're now offering um, for certain seniors we've also been able to do some veterinary services as well.
0: That is awesome. So Tabinda, um, if you had like one piece of advice for a caregiver who is considering uh, meals on wheels, what would that be?
1: Do it. Sign up. It, 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 there is no harm in doing so. If you don't like the meals or if you're uncomfortable with getting the meals, we can always cancel the meals. But see but sign up and see how much this will benefit you. Just a little bit more free time to do something else.
0: Right. well, thank you very much. Um, today we've spoken with Tabinda Ghani, Manager of Client Services for Interfaith Ministries Meals on Wheels program. To follow up um, on Houston Meals on Wheels program, you can go to their website, which is www.imgh.org, again, www.imgh.org, or call 713 535. 3-3-4-9-7-8. Again, 713 533 4978. Tommy Dot, thank you so much for coming today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: As always, if you thought this podcast was helpful, or if you have friends or family who are new to caregiving, invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.arp.org slash PTC. Again, that's www.aarp.org slash HoustonPTC. Take our Prepare to to Care podcast survey, help us improve future episodes, or find other caregiving planning and local resources to help you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.